Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. As we get into the Word together, Father, we thank you for all the great things that you are doing. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you invite us into the place of partnership, that you invite us to work with you, Lord, not just for you, and certainly, Lord, not remotely from you, as though somehow or other you are merely the observer of our life. But you've invited us into the place of partnership with you. Lord, I pray that today and in every service, you will help us to grow so that we can fulfill your plan for the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, I want to begin a a series with you that I'm calling Hope, My Anchor and My Future. And I want to begin reading out of Romans chapter 8, starting at verse 18. And you'd think it could be out of the daily paper. It says this, Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory that He will reveal. He will reveal to all later. He's going to reveal something to us later. Where you are right now is not the end of the story. No matter where you are, and I'm conscious of the fact that there are people in India and Colombia, Indonesia, Malaysia, parts of the world, Melbourne, hello, uh, parts of the world where right now you would say, I'm suffering. A friend of mine told me just yesterday in Melbourne, 160 days of the last 360 they've spent in lockdown. And so uh, you are in our hearts. We are in Western Australia. We're gathering easily. We're gathering simply and many people now are just finding their way back into the community of fellowship and connection, the cafe, all those kind of great points, the corporate worship, because they want to be there. But I also know that for some people, there is a sense of suffering now. And Jesus says it's nothing compared to the glory that will be revealed later. Verse 19, for all creation is eagerly eagerly waiting for that future day when God will reveal who His children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse, but with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. Don't you love that? As wonderful as this is, as amazing as the presence and the companionship, the fellowship and the strength of the Holy Spirit is, the Bible says it's just a foretaste, not even the entree. It's just the first mouthful compared to what you will have once we are in His presence fully. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as His adopted children, including the new bodies He has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, 
we must wait patiently and confidently. Well, there's a whole lot in there, a whole lot you can unpack later at your leisure. I'm going to zero in on verse 24 that says this, we were given this hope when we were saved, but then it explains the purpose and the nature of hope. It says if we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. By definition, we hope for what is not yet here. We don't know how it's going to come. We don't know when it's going to come. But that's not what hope is for. Hope is given to us to bridge the gap between our now and our future. So if you are one of those people for whom your now is not what it could be or not what it should be, then you need hope in your life. Not only about you, it's not that my life is bad. I love that song we sang earlier. It, the whole beginning of it is all, you know, full of sadness and, and angst. But the reality is many of us, that might have been our story, but we've moved on to the second half of that. We are in the place where Jesus is our Saviour, where He is working with us, where He is helping us, He is strengthening us, He has envisioned us, He has put us online for purpose. And yet, even though all that is true, and even though I can tell you blessing after blessing after blessing, I would say to you, my now is not what everything I hope for. What I am in right now, do I see more than what I have? Absolutely. Do I see God doing more? Oh, absolutely. The Bible says that He will pour out His glory and cover the earth with it as the waters cover the sea. In other words, what any of us have right now is not what it can be or should be. And so I need hope to bridge the gap between those two. It's there to carry us through the difficult times and the contrary circumstances. The mere fact you don't have it right now means that there's something not the way it's meant to be. So what do I do in that? Well, some people just wait. Some people get angry. Some people get upset. Some people rail against the universe or whatever. But believers are meant to say, you know what? The gap that's there right now, I need hope to become the bridge from here, my now, to my future. And yet hope is not a fleeting glimpse or a momentary inspiration. Listen to this verse from Hebrews 6 and verse 19. It says, But this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters. Now, I don't know about you, I've owned a couple of boats in my time, not that big a one, but still they needed anchors. I've anchored in quite a few places. I've never had an anchor that took me somewhere. I've only ever had an anchor that held me somewhere. Huh? And the, this is not the anchor like the anchor that just, well, hold the fort for I'm coming. This is not the kind of anchor that just goes, well, I've just got to wait and stick it out. But this is the kind of anchor which takes me. It enters the presence behind the veil. In other words, this hope is not just about you hanging on. This hope, and we'll come to this in a week or two's time, this hope is what takes us forward. Now, I know lots of you have heard me reference my dog. I say my dog. Uh, I finally come to the conclusion that my daughter, whose dog it really is, is probably never coming back for that dog. 
Matter of fact, when they were here last Christmas, I said to her, because her and Matt, her husband, were saying, well, you know, I'm thinking, you know, we're thinking of getting a dog. I said, why? You already have one. I will pay to ship her over to you. I spent a couple of hours this week just putting wire mesh around all my fruit trees. I came home this week and the wonderful Lola, apologies to anyone called Lola, but the wonderful Lola had just decided that a young pawpaw tree was worth eating in a spirit of grace. But I thought you might like to see Lola and I out on one of our walks. When we're talking about hope, thank you, Maddie Mass, by the way, saved the day. Well done to the tech team. Uh, I didn't realise that email's got limits on size. Anyway, that's another story. So let's roll the first one, Maddie. This is Jeff and Lola. Hashtag, look at that. That's a horse, not a dog. See the harness? See the leash? There she is. Walking on, that's all you get. Want to, let's throw it again. They want to see Lola again because I could feel the sense of, oh, that innocent looking creature. She'd never do those bad things. But, oh, look at that. Looking up at her master. When I walk Lola, this is my doctrine. I am walking you. You are not walking me. So I've got the leash there. It, it's a good, safe healthy, happy harness for her. And while we walk like that, through the scrub, the bush, the woods, the forest, whatever you might call it where you are, she's happy to follow that path. She gets distracted. She says, oh, look, a blade of grass. I must smell it. Oh, look, a speck of sand. I wonder what it would smell like. I smelled it yesterday, but it could have changed. And so off Lola, I was going to bring her in today, by the way, and put her up here, but any of you that own dogs, she would have just gone straight to you and comparing smells. So she can get distracted, but watch, the harness keeps her going in the direction of her master. This is Lola without a harness. She says, you let me off? What were you thinking? Oh, I'll wag my tail. Oh, now I'll run back in the opposite direction. Oh, now I'll go somewhere else. Oh, oh, I think there's another smell. Yes. How much fun is this? There's the path. Path, schmath, who cares? I'm not going to show that one again. Lola without the harness operates on the principle of if it feels good, do it here, there, anywhere, including the opposite direction. She needs a harness to hold her in check so she'll keep going in the right path. If she had seen another dog, would not matter how big, small, young, old, decrepit or feisty it was, she would say, aha, a playmate. And I'd still be out there trying to find Lola. She would go home with anybody that had another dog. She just wants to play. The reality is that for Lola to stay on track, Lola needs a harness, a leash that's attached to a master. That's what hope does for your life. 
when you've got a God-given hope, not an I hope so, not a gee, I hope it works out, but we're talking about the hope we read about in Romans 8. We're talking about the hope that God puts in your life when you come to Christ. An awareness. I have lost count of the number of people who simply by inviting Jesus into their life, by saying yes to Christ, they tell me their life changes from the inside out. Not because they follow a rule book or a set of principles or because the church commands them to be so, but simply because Christ comes in and all of a sudden something is at work in their life. I've lost count. Ask the team how many people give their life to Jesus and the first thing out of their mouth is, how do I serve? Why? Because the hope that's in them says there's a reason, there's a path for you to follow. And hope keeps me in check. Hope is what holds us on course. Your life and mine has got eternal significance. Your life is not a mere collection of experiences. But you are called and chosen and you matter. Listen to me. You matter whether you are the newest Christian or the oldest one. You matter whether your job says you matter or whether your job says you don't matter at all. Your, your life matters whether you are working in a blossoming and flourishing and an exciting career or whether you're retired saying, well, I, I, you know, why am I here? I'm telling you today, according to the Word of God, that there is a hope at work in your life. And that hope is meant to hold you on course through any difficulty. How you live, come on, how you live matters. How you live matters. I am constantly amazed at the people we're in mingle time. I said to, to Leo as he was down there in the studio with us and listening to him wabba give her story or part of her story. And now she leads a connect group once a month. And I love that it's once a month because people don't have to make a weekly commitment. But if they don't want to, they can just be a part of that one. But I said to Hayden, here is this woman working in her life for people in the aged care sector. And then saying, I want to do more than that. I want to help other people grow in Christ. And so now she's running this connect group. And I think how brilliant is that, that somebody says, my whole life matters. Because I know many of you are not necessarily on a church roster, but where you work is a part of your calling in God. And I just want to say thank you and I honour you for it. Your life and mine's got eternal significance. No matter who you are or what you do, how we live definitely matters. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world doesn't know us because it didn't know Him. Beloved, now are we the children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him. For we shall see him as he is. And then it adds this codicil, this, uh, this next part on in verse 3. And everyone who has this hope, what hope? The hope that God will use my life 
The hope that, that there's a reason for me and for you. The hope that there's something more than where I am. The hope that there's going to be a revealing of something greater in your life. Listen to me. The enemy does such an amazing job of telling you that you don't matter. And after all, who cares? And the whole world doesn't care. And who cares? Whatever. Sometimes we just need to come and get an enormous inoculation against that. And read verses like this, because it says that everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself. They're kept in check. They're not just living a randomised life. They purify themselves just as He is pure. There's a reason for holiness. There's a reason for right living. And it's not just so that God will like me better, which is ridiculous. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? If he loved you enough to die for you, he can't like you any more than he already does. No, that hope is not so that God will like the way I live. That hope is because there's so much more on the other side. Come on, there's so much more. I don't care who you are and how much you've achieved. Some of you here are high achievers. You've done enormous things. Your career resume looks like just ridiculous. You've, you've, you've hit the top of the pile. You've done amazing things. But I want to tell you, no matter how high you've climbed, there's yet more to go. I want you to understand, come on, no matter how much your Christian life is now mature. And as that song says, so many of the things that used to hang around you, they're not welcome anymore. And you're saying to those things, I don't need you. I don't need that bitterness. I don't need that unforgiveness. I don't need that anxiety. I don't need that fear. I don't need that small-mindedness. My life now is going to be about something greater. And for every single one of you that live like that, we need a hope that holds us on course. If ever you've known somebody who under pressure let go of their dreams or their calling, I have. I met people who just kind of threw it away in a fit of frustration, went out and, and well, I, I'm not going to go into what they could have done or did do because I, I don't want to just downsize it to that narrow slice. Some people give up their dream and their calling because they get frustrated. Hope keeps frustration from getting the better of us. Frustration only can stay in the absence of hope. Think about it now. Most of us here would know the story of Joseph. Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. But after all that's done unjustly to him, there's no bitterness, no anger. Come on, there's no despair. Come on, we need this right now in our world because there's so much angst and, you know, mm, and crazy and all kinds of stuff going on. We need some people to get up and say, I have great hope. I have a great hope. As a friend of mine sent me in a text the other day, Jesus is still on the throne. Amen. He's still on the throne. He hasn't got shifted off it. He's not got wobbly and having to put a book under one of the legs of the throne because it's just starting to get a bit of a crack in it. Huh? You ever sat in a chair that broke? I have. I sat in one once. I just sat down and all of a sudden my enormous girth must have been enormous for the chair because and there I am laying on my back in the middle of the broken chair around about me. But I want to tell you, Jesus' throne's not that fragile. 
come on, I don't know where you are or what's going on, but you've got to have a hope that says, you know what, no matter what's going on around me, there's a godly hope inside of my life. I'm not talking about Pollyanna optimism. Some go, well, yes, wouldn't it be beautiful? Wouldn't it be lovely? Joseph didn't have that. He had unjust things. He had every reason to be bitter, to be angry, to despair. But he had a hope that was born out of a God-given dream in his life. This hope comes from Jesus. The sad thing is many people don't know how to continue to refill that tank. I said to Hayden in mingle time, hope leaks, because it really does. doesn't matter who you are and how long you've been a Christian, at least if you found the secret source that solves all of that, then please come and tell me, because i found that it's easy for hope to leak out of my life. Another story, another bit of bad news, another tweet, another... Insta post another thing that comes along and it's very easy to lose sight of the fact that God has got a great plan for your life and that he's still there with you and he's still helping you and that despair only starts to get its icy grip around about your mind when hope disappears. The answer is not to fix all of that. The answer is to continue to fill up the tank of hope. Next Sunday morning, I'm going to talk about the things that fill up hope in your life. What are the things that will make you hopeful instead of hopeless? But before we get to that next week, let me pray with you the great prayer in Romans 15. I said this to Pastor Bruce this week. Obviously, I do a lot of talking. obviously. I said to Pastor Bruce, do you realise that most of the great prayers that we know were ones that were written, not spoken? So when you join Pastor Bruce for ministry time online and you're typing in your prayer requests and our email, don't think, oh, that's second best. If only I could be there. I'd say to you, no, this is prayer we're about to read is a prayer that was written. He didn't have the opportunity to go to those people and lay hands on them and pray with them. I love that we can do that. We're going to be doing it tonight. We're going to be praying for the sick in the service tonight and we'll lay hands on you and believe with you. But never think to yourself, well, a prayer outside of that kind of structure has got no value. Listen to this prayer. It says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, not an angsty kind of believing, not a striving believing, not of, oh, I've got to get God on the line, but a joy and a peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Just take one minute to tuck that thought away in your mind. The God of hope wants to give me so much hope that it will overflow. Why does it overflow? because there's people around about you that need it. It's not enough to get enough hope just for me. I don't want to get just enough hope so that I feel better or I am strong enough to continue. I need hope for all the people that are around about me. Amen? I just think you here have got enough for all of Perth. 
if this week we just decided to take hope to everyone in our workplace. I'm not talking about, oh, no, don't worry about it, everything's going to be fine. I'm talking about the kind of hope that says, you know, somehow or other we'll get through that. Somehow or other God will help us. People might look at you a bit strangely at first, but I tell you, after a bit, they're going to want to come and go, so why are you so confident? And when you say, well, you know, I just happen to know God, then they'll look at you really strangely. And then after that, they'll want to hear more. So tell me more about that. How do you get that kind of faith and not just the religious kind? Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that over every life today. I pray that everybody here and everybody with us in the service, wherever they are, that, Lord, you will, the God of hope, fill us with a joy and a peace in believing. We want to have enough for our workplace, for our family, for our neighbourhood, for our social networks. We want enough, Lord, so that what we become is a carrier of hope to others. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. In just a minute, we're going to sing that uh, new song again. I thank you, Lord. Team want to come, that'd be awesome. Starts off talking about a life before Christ, a life that doesn't know Jesus. It starts talking about how it's not everyone's story, but it is many people's story. All that they didn't have and all that was missing. And then it starts, I love the second half of this one because then it starts getting into the good bits. Starts talking about what God has done. You know, it all started with a yes. The very first name of Jesus that we hear about is in Matthew 1 verse 21. And you shall call his name Jesus, literally means Saviour. Why? Because he will save. We all need a Saviour. You need a Saviour for your life. You don't need another religious figure. You don't need another set of rules. You don't need any more regulations. There's a, a ton of those. What we all need is someone who can save us. Amen. You know, if I'm out in the ocean and I'm drowning, I don't need a lecture in swimming. I don't need a YouTube video on how to swim. Probably won't help. I don't need a whole lot of people telling me why I shouldn't have gone out there in the first place. What I need if I'm like that is I need somebody who's stronger than me to come and save me. That's what Jesus is. If you want to say yes to Christ today, and I pray you will, it'll be the start of your life with God because it's got to start somewhere. And so it'll begin for you walking with Christ. If you want to say yes to Him, if you're in Australia, just Y-E-S, yes, to 488 If you're outside of Australia or you'd rather get our help, comes completely free and free of any strings attached, it's up to you. It goes for 30 days, but you can opt out if you want. Or after that, there's even more help for you. We'll never write and ask you for money or for any other such thing. We want you to follow Christ. We want to help you do that. And so you'll get a Bible verse, different one every day. You'll get a prayer, a different one every day. That'll help you walk with God. If you want to do that and get it via email, then you go to yes.metrochurch.org.org.au. 
And we'd love to send that to you. Be our joy to do that. God bless you as you do that wherever you are. God bless you. Send in your yes. If you're in the building, would you do it right now? Pull out your smartphone. I'm encouraging you. Get your smartphone out. Put yes. 0488 826 I'm giving Jesus my yes today. That's awesome. Amen.